Good evening. Welcome to the PSI Monthly Teleseminar. My name is Kat, and I will be your host for this evening. And on behalf of PSI Seminars, welcome to the call. PSI has been offering personal growth seminars around the world for over 40 years, and each month on these calls, we explore tools and techniques from the PSI Basic Course as a free resource for you in your ongoing personal growth and self-improvement. For those of you who are new to PSI Seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI Basic Seminar or any of our advanced courses, you can go to psiseminars.com where you'll find information about all of our seminars as well as the dates and locations for upcoming classes. That's psiseminars.com. The topic for tonight's call is trust. And first, I would like to introduce your speaker for tonight. We have a very special guest with us this evening, Mr. Tim O'Kelly. Tim started his journey in personal growth in 1988 when he attended all of the PSI courses. He made a decision to make this his life's work and became a trainer in 1991. He is very passionate about personal growth. Tim, are you with us? I sure am. I sure am. Thank you, Kat, very much. Um, hello, everyone. Uh, I want to take a moment to, uh, to thank you for taking the time to be on this call. That means a lot uh, to us, uh, people willing to, to take a few minutes out of their day to, to listen to some great material. Um, so thank you. Uh, we put a lot into this, so I, I really do appreciate you taking the time uh, to connect with the work again and, and listen to it maybe a different way. So, um, you know, I have to say before I get into this one that uh, this is one of my um, favorite uh, topics um, because we're not like, you know, like Kat said, I started this in 1991 instructing classes, and this was one of those topics that um, over the years I have, you know, after looking at it many different angles, many different ways, made a big shift in my consciousness around this word. And that's why it's so powerful for me, because I remember what I used to think about it, and then I look at what I think about it now, and they're extremely different. And what's great about that is if I look at my life, my results are extremely different. And so I connect a lot of my results right now to this shift around this word trust. So what I want to do is I want to first talk about, you know, just when we even, you know, when you think of the word trust, or someone says trust, I don't know what happens for you inside. You know, sometimes when I hear trust, you know, I think of, okay, well, do I trust this person or do I not trust this person? You know, do I trust myself? Do I not trust myself? What is trust? And I know, and I can only speak for me. I cannot speak for anybody else out there. There might be a couple of people out there relate. But when I used the word trust, and I would say, you know, am I going to trust this person or am I not going to trust this person? Am I going to trust this relationship? Am I going to trust this business partner? You know, um, I'd have to stop and go, well, what does that mean? What does really trust mean for me? Well, what it used to mean was that this person who I was ever dealing with, or whether it be, a, you know, an intimate relationship, uh, you know, spouse, a husband, or wife, or, you know, a, a business partner, whatever. Does this person line up with my expectations of a person? Like, in other words, does this person have the qualities I'm looking for for me to put my trust in them? So I am saying I trust you that you are going to be blank, 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 blank. And I think I don't think I'm alone in this. I think we all do some kind of a – maybe it's not even really conscious, but – you know, they've got to meet these certain expectations. They, they, they've got to be, you know, they've got to be, they got to be loyal. They, they got to be, they got to, you know, they got to be there and support me. They got to, you know, they got to, whatever they are. And then when they, when they don't, then how easy is it for us to say, well, you broke my trust because you were to be all these ways for me. And then now you're not. You're not always there for me. You're not, you know, excited for me in my dreams. Or for, when they don't live up to the list, it's easy for us to say they broke the trust in the relationship. So now, at some level, you can even say maybe they, they, they hurt you. And that's the model I lived with, you know, since I was very, very young. And, and one of the problems that also I had when I was growing up in this work, I was raised as a child to, and I don't, I don't think my mom ever said these words, 
or the Catholic Church ever said these words. I never remember a moment of them saying the words, but some way it was being communicated to me, at least that's how I heard it, that I should trust people. And if I didn't trust people, there was something defective with me. And I should be trustworthy. Of course I should be trustworthy, but I should trust people. And the problem with me growing up is I didn't. I didn't trust people. And so I thought something was wrong with me, especially, you know, like I said, growing up a Catholic church, and here I am wanting to put in that I do, but deep inside it, there was people I didn't. And, and so when I got into the work with PSI seminars and really started looking at these different topics and really diving into them, um, I really worked on this new model of trust. Um, that is, I would say, a responsible model. And if I look back and talk about what I just said a second ago, that if I, you know, have all these expectations of you and then you don't keep them, then my life is almost victim to you. Possibly my emotions are victim to you. Possibly my bank account is victim to you. Um, and so moving from a victim consciousness to a responsible consciousness. So now in my life, I don't use the word trust. I know that's really weird to hear on a call about trust. The only way that I use trust, and I, when I was first really exposed to this, I've never said it since. It had such an impact on me, and I, I, I cannot say that. Let me take that back. I think maybe a couple times it's rolled out that way because I've been saying it all my life. And I'll stop it, and I'll, I'll, I'll correct it. Um, but I do not use trust anymore. Um, the only time that I use trust is trusting myself. And I work on that all the time. And meaning I don't know if I ever will get to that place where I can say I 100% trust myself. I think that's my journey. I think that's something I'm still going to work on. You know, so what this talk is really about is two different ways. One, how can I build and keep working on building trust in myself? And then how do I create relationships business partners, intimate relationships, family, whatever, that do have whatever that trust thing's called. How, how to make it work. So what I want to start with is just what do I do? What do I practice? What do I believe that I can work on that builds my trust in myself? Then I can be, I guess, what's called trustworthy. Okay? So one of the things that I have to believe is Am I a man of my word? You know, when I think of other people looking at me, and if they're going to decide to trust me or not, which, you know, that's going to be their, their choice. I really have nothing to do with that. The only thing I can do is, is work on the man that I am, and if they choose to, then that's great. Um, so integrity. When I say I'm going to do something, or when I say I'm going to be someplace, you know, uh, making a doctor's appointment, uh, setting up a meeting, um, picking up my uh, my daughter from school, you know, um, of all the people that I have in my life, when I say I'm going to do something, do those people know that I'm going to do it? Or do they know, oh, you know, you have to understand him, you know, he just says it, but to half the time he doesn't, and you know, if he says he's going to be someplace, just be ready that it's going to be, you know, 20, 30 minutes late, might maybe not even show up, but doing the best he can. Because anybody who's on this call, if you brought all of your friends, your family, your coworkers, everybody together, and you weren't there, and we asked them, what is this person's relationship with their work? Oh, they would already have an answer. They already know you. Okay, so what I work on, and I'm not at this place yet, but... It, what I'm working on is if I say I'm going to be someplace for somebody, where I my strive is that if I'm not there, if I didn't show up for that meeting, and I didn't call before that meeting, you better call the police because something is wrong. That's what I strive for, is that when I say I'm going to be there, even setting up a doctor's point, I remember two weeks ago I had a, a chiropractic appointment, and I honor me being there early, and I remember my back hurting, and I'm running through the parking lot to be there on time, even though I know this doctor is always between 20 and 45 minutes late. I already know that. 
my appointment was at three. So I'm running through the parking lot. I'm hurting. I'm actually laughing. But that's one thing I work on is just having people. And did I even say anything when the receptionist, you know, I said, hi, I'm here. You know, I looked up back. I said, I'm here. She said, hi. All that was, I didn't have to say, hey, look, you know, I ran through the parking lot. It's just something for me, you know. So one, am I a man of my word? Do people know that when I say something, they can count on it? That's one. Another one would be my communication. So am I in integrity with my communication? What I mean by that is what goes on inside of me comes out the exact same way. So if there's frustration or anger going on inside, does that come out in the same way? Or do I stop it? Do I block it? Do I interrupt it because I don't want to upset anybody. I don't want to make anybody, you know, whatever. So if I'm frustrated, does frustration come out? So in other words, can someone count on that what I'm expressing is real? Or do I change it? So, you know, like, again, I don't want to bother anybody. I don't want anybody. So I don't want to be frustrated. I'm not supposed to be frustrated. I'm not supposed to be positive. Then then I I believe if I change it, I, I cannot be, I cannot be counted on in my communication, I cannot be counted on in my emotions. Okay, in, in my communication, um, do I do I hide things in my communications? In other words, am I transparent in my communication? Um, is everything out on the table? Um, can you pick up my cell phone at any time? You know, I, I understand people don't do that. I think you understand the point that they could. Uh, or do you know I'm hiding things? So I think that affects my integrity. The nerve affects relationships, okay? Uh, another one is uh, consistency. Um, if I'm out with, well, Sam, with my wife or Sam, with my, my daughter, with, my, with anybody, and, and I, with my family, I mean, and then we're out someplace and we're out with people and we're talking, maybe having dinner, how I am being with those people, the words are coming out of my mouth, you know, my, the kindness that I might have or whatever, am I the same when we get in the car and drive home? Or do I all of a sudden change when I get in the car and talk negative about those people? I think that's one of the biggest contributing factors to having uh, trust issues is do the people around me know that I'm the same when I'm with people and I'm the same without people? Can I be counted on? Or is it different? I think once they think it's different, I think I've lost a lot of ground on creating connection with people. So I work on being consistent, okay? Um, another one is, um, do I and am I willing to take a stand for what I'm really passionate about? You know, one of the courses that uh, I'm so excited about doing here pretty soon coming up is the men's class, like the men's leadership course. Um, that's where I learned what this taking a stand is. I didn't live my life taking a stand before PSI Summers. Uh, I would do whatever felt good. And I promise you, taking a stand does not feel good. Um, but do I take a stand for what I am passionate about? Do I stand for this work? Right? Do I stand for my vision? Right? Am I anchored? Do I stand for it? I think when people see that, and I think that's true for any leader. If someone's got a mission, if someone's got a stand, um, if someone's got something they want to say to this world, well, are they committed to it? Do they take a stand to it? And another way to look at that is do they protect it? Do I protect what I care about? Do I protect my family? You know, or am I swayed by whatever might be happening? Right? So my ability to, to, to have a passion to have a dream, to have a mission, and to fight for it. You know, one of the, one of the things that I always tell myself before I go to a course, you know, um, am I ready to fight the good fight? Because it is a good fight. You know, and that centers me, that grounds me, because changing things and making the world a better place is not so easy to do. So, but do people, for example, when I go do a class, you know, when I do a class for PSI seminars, do the graduates know that they're going to get all of me? Or is it just depending on what mood I'm in, which means I'm not consistent? You know, and I take a lot of pride that when I go to a class right now, more than any time in my life, 
um, they know they're going to get the best of me. Because I, I, I'm, I'm taking a stand, I'm protecting what I care about, which is this work. <clears throat> and another one is, do I allow myself to be disrespected by anybody? I think if we allow ourselves to be disrespected, it affects deeply our level of, of connection and, and what we're going to use for now, trust. Is if, uh, if, I, if, I, if I'm not willing to fight for myself and I let people disrespect me. And I think when I show that I do not let people disrespect me, um, I think one thing it does is it, it, it helps me raise some pretty awesome children. And it shows them that, that they, can, they can respect themselves and they don't have to let other people disrespect them either. Um, so those are some of the things I work on, on having myself be, I guess, what you call trustworthy. And if someone wants to take a risk with me, to work with me, to be in a relationship with me, then that's great. So now how do I work with that whole thing about being in a relationship? Well, what's going to bind us? If you're not going to use these words, I trust you, which I do not use anymore. I trust you to be this. I trust you to be this. What I've switched it to now is, am I willing to take a risk with you? To me, it's a very responsible conversation, very responsible. Am I willing to take a risk with a fallible human being? Am I willing to take a risk with another human being who is not always going to be there for me, who is not always going to be present for me, who's not always going to be supportive for me? You know, like, give me, let me give you an example right now. My wife, um, just, uh, and I'm just speaking about this time in, in my life with my wife right now, I have a, uh, you know, a 24-year-old daughter, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old son, and I have a six-month-old son, okay? So my wife right now, she is the mother of the two-and-a-half-year-old Stevie and six-month-old Riley. So two-and-a-half and, and six-month-old. Okay, is my wife there all the time? to support me. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. She sees me every once in a while. You know, I think you know what I mean. I'm having some fun here. My wife is very, very focused on these two small little human beings. And do I know it? Absolutely. Am I number one right now in my wife's life? No, I'm not. And I don't need to be. I don't need to. You need to put me first. You need to be this way. You need to be this way for me. And when you're not, I get angry at you. No, I know she's not. Those kids are her dream, and I don't have to have her. So given that how I, what I'm saying is, given what she's got going on, am I still willing to be with her? And am I still willing to be all that I can be for her? Am I willing to take a risk with her? In a business partnership, no one's going to be perfect. People have faults. People have programming. People have temptations. And we all do, and I know that. So what is putting the weight is on me, not them. So am I a man of my word and trustworthy to be able to take a risk with somebody? That's what's helped me an incredible amount versus I need someone else to be all these ways for me because I don't. And I don't think any of us need to be. I think sometimes we rely too much on that. Because how many people have you ever heard say, you know, you broke my trust? And that can even sever a relationship that does not need to be severed. Let me say that again because I've seen it happen so many times. Just because of that one phrase got put out there, you broke my trust. Once it's broken, it cannot be broken. And that relationship is severed. And that relationship did not need to be severed. And so when we put it on us from a responsible conversation, let me be the best man I can be, and then now there's another person involved? Well, let me take a look. What are some things that are important? And at some point, I just got to go, you know what? I'm willing to take a risk with this person. And if it does not work out, it's not their fault. It's not my fault. We took a risk. And some of those risks are going to work. Some of those risks are not going to work. And that's what makes life, I think, incredible. So there's my message around trust. Trust yourself. Work on daily trusting yourself. Do everything you can to trust. Feel really good about yourself. And then, are you willing to take a risk 
with a real human being who has faults, who has challenges, who has fears, who's not always going to be there, but I still want to take a risk. So what I'd like to do right now is do some more work, but do it by answering some questions that you guys have, have sent in. So Kat, you got a question for me? Yes, indeed. We have quite a few questions. Uh, first off from PB, what's the key to establishing trust upon a, an initial business meeting or sales call? Um, Kat, repeat the first part again. I got the, I got the sales call the meeting. What was the first part? So what is the key to establishing trust upon an initial business meeting or sales call? So like the first interactions um, mm -hmm. around business and sales, how do you establish trust right off the bat? Got it. Um, one of the things I'd have to say is, if, and, and all I can do when I answer these questions is, is look at, at, you know, how I operate. And, and, and I'm not saying I'm the answer for anything, um, but of course, that's the only place I can operate from. So if it's a business meeting or if it's a sales call, um, one, make sure I'm on time. Now, if it's a meeting and it's a first business meeting, make sure I'm early. Okay, so if I'm, for example, going to an office or someplace, um, I definitely want them to see me there early. That speaks volumes. Now, if for some reason something's happening outside of my control, maybe on the way there or planes or whatever, that I'm in constant communication with them, letting them know that there's this challenge happening or this challenge happening, and to renegotiate a time, if it works for them, so that the, that, that communication is what I was talking about, that they know moment by moment what's going on because it's important to me. That builds an incredible amount of, of, of connection and willingness to take a risk. Um, and then finally, if for some reason um, I was not able to communicate and say I was 10 minutes late for a business meeting, which is disastrous in my opinion to ever think that that would ever happen. Um, but say, for example, something your phone died or you, I don't know, didn't try, whatever, which probably would be another topic right there with technology, make sure your stuff is, is charged. You know, we could go down that path too. Um, but if, if, if not, and if I do show up 10 minutes late, and this can be done in any relationship, your children picking my daughter up from school, uh, a date, uh, anything. If something happens like that and you're not able to communicate and you are now late and they don't know why, then one of the first things you do when you show up is to acknowledge that I broke my word with you. Acknowledge it and do not give excuses. I know we are so propelled to give excuses. Let me tell you why I'm late. Don't even waste your time. Acknowledge it. Now, if they're still willing to do business with you, now make a new commitment. Next time we meet, I will be 15 minutes early and I'm buying you lunch at Chili's at 3 o'clock. And I tell you what, next time, you better be on time. But that's how you can still build connection with someone. Because it's not about being perfect. But if you do that, what it communicates to the other person is, your word means a lot to you. That is the most important. Okay, that's one thing. Now, on another one, um, I think what really, really works is, if it's the first one, is to build relationships. So the question I'm hearing in this is this is more of a professional situation. So if this is our first meeting, you know, first sales call, then I'm not going to sell you. You know, um, I'm not going to jump right in. I got to build a relationship with you. I got to connect with you first. We have to connect not from mind to mind, but from heart to heart. Build a relationship. Have conversations. Get to know somebody. That's the first step is building that relationship before we ever go into a conversation about I have something for you or I'm attempting to sell you something or you're attempting to sell me something, to maybe not even have that first meeting ever be about that. Now, that scares people, but relationship is more important than the sale. Okay? Kat? Oh, next question. Uh, yeah. Next we have from J.M., how do you let go of lending someone money and they never paid you back? How do you regain trust? 
I love this one. I love this one. Um, I don't know. You might not hear the, the answer that you want to hear on this one. Um, remember, ASIC course is a responsibility course. So what, the first thing I have to say is <clears throat> you lend them the money. Your expectation was that they'd pay you back. And I know you guys are like, well, of course you would have that expectation. I don't know. First, I would ask, did you ever hear inside of you that little voice that said, what are you doing? Why are you paying? Why are you giving this person money? You know he didn't pay you back. This is the fourth time he had paid. You know, I don't know if this happened or not. But I would always check there. Did you have any kind of a sign within yourself or with them, with their history, that uh, they haven't paid people back or they haven't paid you back before? So that's one thing I'd look at. And, and why did you go against it? You know, and sometimes we, I know I have, I've lent people money to see what they're about. It's almost like a test. Now, again, Jim, I'm not saying that you did that. Please don't hear that. I have done that before. Let me see what they're made of, you know. Um, so if you lend somebody some money and you operate it from responsible, is it very possible that they might not be able to pay you back or they might not be able to pay you back in the time that they said? Absolutely. That's part of what I talked about earlier about taking a risk with someone. They're not always going to be able to keep their word. Now, maybe you are keeping your word in every area of your life, and then sometimes what we do is we expect them to. Well, I'm keeping my word. You should, too. That's our big fault right there. We're actually saying you should keep your word. I do. You should. That's one of the biggest traps we fall into. So think about this. Next time you let go of that money, you might just let go of it. I know, I know that sounds a little strange, but think about that. Versus I'm going to let this money go, and they are going to keep their word. They are going to pay that if they might not. And then how does that affect you? Does that get you angry? Does that get you frustrated? Does that get you off your game? Okay, that's a choice you made to give somebody some money. And as you know, in the world of business, in the world of money, not everybody pays everybody back. And if you're going to lend someone some money, you've got you to be willing to take that risk. Now, let's say that they are struggling. Say they're not able to pay you back. And say that you do want to have a relationship with them. Well, what are you going to do? How important is the relationship? Is a relationship more important than the money? If the relationship is more important than the money, are you willing to write off the debt? Are you willing to forgive the debt if the relationship is more important? And if the money is more important, then you probably won't be able to write off the debt. If that relationship is more important, are you going to write off the debt? Are you going to forgive the debt? Okay, I don't want to go into the Bible, but the, you know, you've probably heard that somewhere in the Bible too. Uh, it, it's to at a certain point forgive our debt. Uh, um, and of course, that is an option. Or you can uh, not do business with them again. And that's that's the right. You have a right not to do business with them again, ever. So you got those choices, and those are your choices. All right? Next one, Kat. Next from LG. How can you get over the fear of opening your heart because you are so frightened of getting hurt? Okay. One of my other favorite topics. I think you're going to like the answer to this one either. Um, and I, 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 I fear being cold and callous when I answer this, and I don't, I don't intend to at all because pain is pain. Um, in the basic course, you, if, if you have done the course, there's a concept that I truly believe is the, the, the most important concept in the basic course, and, and, and don't worry about for those of you who are on the phone who, are, who, have, who have, have not gone to the basic yet. It's not going to ruin it for you. It's not. It's so powerful. But it really is this concept right here that just got brought up, that if we really looked at it, the pain that we feel when something doesn't turn out, we get into a relationship, we automatically start dreaming. We automatically start seeing visions of, the, of a perfect future. A, a, a child does it when they're little. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen a, a little girl start planning a wedding at four or five years old. I mean, we start having visions. We, that's what human beings do. We have imagination. We dream. And we really want that to happen. And then when we start dating, 
we at some level, when we get into a relationship, we're naturally, and everybody's going to do it. Don't fault yourself for this one, please. Everybody's going to do it. Is this the one? This is the one. This is my dream here. Not even really that person. If you really think about it, it's not really that person. It's, is this my dream that I've had all my life? You know, uh, and we really want to put all of our eggs in this basket. And when it doesn't work out, we cave. I mean, it, it, it hurts. But the most important thing to know is that that relationship didn't hurt you. She didn't hurt you. She didn't hurt you. Um, your heart has never been broken. Now, please, please stay with me for a second. Your heart has hurt. Okay, the insides hurt. First time I ID braced the phone back in my face, everybody laughing. There was a lot of pain going on in me. So I'm not saying that, no, you'll never hurt. You shouldn't hurt. What are you doing? Get up. And, no, I'm not talking about that. Get over it. I'm not saying that either. We do hurt. But the main point is that person didn't hurt us. What I mean by that is our emotions are on the inside. Our emotions are in the, the inside of our body. They're not on the outside. The only way that someone can hurt me is to come up and punch me or, you know, maybe tear the skin or something. I can feel pain or burn, something like that, on the outside of my skin. Yes, I'll feel pain. But emotionally, no one can. And then I know what you – some people might go, oh, yeah, I remember hearing that. No one can hurt, unless you, no one can hurt me unless I let them. No, you cannot even let someone hurt you. Your emotions are yours, and your emotions are dictated by the way that you think. So when we think we've lost the dream – we feel a lot of pain, and then we'll blame easily that person for making me feel this way. And if you can take a step out of it once you get through the grieving and you look at it, this was not the relationship that was your dream. This was not the relationship that you were supposed to be in forever. And I believe, how do we know that? Because it's not the relationship. It's, it's over. But when we put so much on it that this is going to be the one forever, well, not all of them are forever. Well, only one. And sometimes we need to go through relationships and grow and to develop a part of us so that we're ready for the ultimate one. Okay? So opening my heart so that it doesn't get hurt, if you look at it from that point of view, you'll see something off in there, is that no one comes in and hurts our heart. Now, the relationships don't turn out, but that person didn't hurt your heart. You are the only person who can hurt your heart. Now, what's so great about that, if you'll stay with me for a second, the great thing about that is that if you're the one that can hurt your heart, you're the one that can help your heart. And you're the one that can heal yourself back up and realize that that relationship was not supposed to be the one forever. How do we know it wasn't? Because it's not. It's, it's over. What did I learn in that relationship? How did I grow in that relationship? What gift was that relationship for me? And if you focus on that, you will see it. Maybe I matured a bit. Maybe I started thinking different. Or maybe I got really clear on what I don't want by this relationship. I truly do believe every person who comes into our life comes into our life for a reason for us to grow. Every person who comes into our experience is there to support us in a growth process. Now, I know that it's not their intention to have us grow. I got that. You're like, no, this person didn't come in and help me. This person's a jerk. I got it. On a bigger scale, that jerk was there for you to grow of some way so that you can be ready for your relationship. And sometimes we don't want to grow. Sometimes we don't want to go through two a day's practice. Sometimes we don't want to practice four or five hours a day to get good at something. But sometimes that's what relationships are. But if you go to every relationship that's come into my life serves me at a, great, at a greater purpose, then that will help a lot. So now, what about going out there with my heart open? Watch what happens when you understand this concept that no one can hurt you. Yes, you'll find someone, you'll get attracted to them, and then 
it doesn't work out. That, that's going to happen sometimes. But if you go into an understanding that no one can come in and hurt you, and you choose to live your life fully open, your heart open, watch what you might create. And then when you get to another relationship, given that all of our feelings are generated by our thoughts, this is a crazy one. Get ready for this one. This will be the last one on this topic, on this question, rather. Is what if you walk into that relationship not knowing if this is going to be the one that's forever versus counting on it? That this might be here to serve me in another way, and I'm not sure what. Let me live wide open. Let me have my heart fully open because no one can hurt it. My dream might not come true right now, but I can take care of that. I can build myself back up. What's what happens when you live fully open, your heart open, see what you can create? All right, Kat? All right, I have another relationship question from LH. How do you build trust after an affair? Mm. Um, well, see, if, if you go back to the, the talk I had on trust, then that might have answered your question a little bit there, which is, some of us, and I'd say a majority of us, when we make our list, here are the things that this person has to be. They have to be loyal. Um, loyalty is, is not the only one. It is one of the toughest things for a lot of people. It's one of our biggest human battles, is loyalty. And if loyalty is a deal breaker for you, then someone does have an affair, then obviously it would be over uh, if that's a deal breaker for you, that they have to be loyal. And, and I know that some people out there think, no, all relationships are real. I got it. I wish they were too. They're not though. This is a human condition. This is a human struggle is to be loyal to one person. You know, and I'll never, I'll never forget this, and, and I'm definitely not going to mention any name, but I remember in class, there was this girl who was very, very upset because her boyfriend, you know, cheated on her. And she was pretty devastated. And she shared that. She wanted to do some work on it. And so I, I needed to get a little bit of information because to me, she appeared pretty young. And uh, so she revealed her age, um, very young. I think she was, I think she just turned 18 or it was just a little over 18. I'm not sure. I know there were no red flags about that, but I remember being very young. And what she was so upset about was that this guy that she was dating was uh, cheated on her. And the more she kept talking, the more that she was revealing to herself that she really did believe that this young man of, I don't know if he was 17 or 18 years old, they were both pretty young. Um, he said he was going to be loyal. And she expected that then, for a young man of 17 or 18 years old to be loyal to one person for the rest of his life. And I know that we wish that that would happen. It's so romantic to believe that happens. And you know what? It, it might out there. Uh, I definitely don't see it a lot, but it, it might. Um, and again, that goes back to expectations that this person is going to be loyal. What I do know about a human being is we can handle an affair. We are so much stronger than we give ourselves credit for. I don't know how many times I've been in classes where people say I've just been so devastated. My life has just it's changed for the worse. I'm just broken. I'm just, in reality, is we're not. We're not. We're not devastated. We're not broken. I know that there's a lot of pain, but we can get through it. And I will even suggest we can even get through it stronger. I have known people that have come into this work based with that same issue. I know a couple right now, I'm just thinking I popped in my head, they will tell me they came into this class um, already signed the divorce papers because of the infidelity, the, the cheating. And they wanted to have a divorce that was somewhat win-win. And uh, by the end of the work, and they've done all the classes, um, they are still married. They tore up the documents. 
they even videoed tearing them up together. And I know this sounds so strange, but if you look, you might see the same thing. They are so much stronger right now than they were back then. Their commitment to each other is so strong right now. Their relationship is so much better right now than it ever was before. And it's because they stuck with it and they realized that they can make it through that. When they both took responsibility, it's what they did to help set it up. And they both got really, really honest with this work, with the classes. And so it's so strange. I know for a lot of people here that they actually appreciate that disastrous moment because it got them together and, and kept them so, so strong. So we can make it through. We can make it through anything. And again, that not, might be one of those that's so hard to hear, but I've seen relationships end that I'm not sure they needed to end. Just because of that one, you broke my trust. I can never trust you again. Are you willing to take a risk again? Now, now that's completely up to you. You don't have to. You can absolutely say no. I do not. I'm not willing to take a risk again. Or are you willing to work on your self-esteem, get your self-esteem really high, that you can make it through anything with this person? And again, you have a right to say no. All right, Jack? All right, next from MK. How does one appropriately distance themselves from a dishonest family member such as a parent? Um, was that question how to distance? Uh, yes. How does one appropriately distance themselves from a dishonest family member, such as a parent? Um, you know, uh, if we were in a, a coaching session right now, I'd, I'd really ask a few more questions on that, which I know that we're not going to do here. So I'm just going to have to go into that dreadly uh, assume here. Um, when I hear distance, what I hear is to not be around this person again. So that's all, when I hear distance, not just like a little bit of distance, but I want to be away from them. Um, communication is key here. Uh, that if you are not willing to take a risk with them anymore, if you need them to be completely honest with you, which I will insert here, you don't. Now, again, you have that right to, though. You have any, any right to do whatever you want to do. Please hear that. You can cut them off. If you need your family member to be completely honest with you and they choose not to, that's their choice. They're making that choice. You have a choice to say, I'm not going to be in a relationship anymore. And then what you have to do is, is my recommendation, we make sure that you tell them through whatever venue you want to, a letter or voice, and to end the relationship. See, in a relationship, there's three things, three models that we're going to operate from. This could be a whole topic on a call right here, Kat. Um, is you're going to be with somebody, and they're going to behave the way that they do. In this situation, someone's not honest. You can, one, fully accept them. What I mean by this is I love them. I their family, and I'm not saying that just family should keep everybody together because I don't believe that at all. But if that, I, I'm using this analogy, you know what, they're family, um, I love this person, and they lie. I got it. I can expect that. If you know that they're going to lie, I know that sounds really weird. You bring them over to the house for dinner, you know they're going to lie. Get ready for it. It's going to happen. And I love them. And I'm not ready to... to you know, to, to separate. You can accept them 100%. Another thing that you have a right to do is reject them to end the relationship. You have a right to do that. Everybody do that with anybody. And when you reject, all you can do is communicate clearly why and then separate, which means not take calls again, not take, not answer texts just because you know, just one day you decided to answer it, you open the door again. So if you really do want to end it, end it. No communication. If you find out they're going to a party that, you know, and if that's really a choice, you don't go. If that's what you're really about is, is ending it. That's the only thing you can do. But make sure before you do it that you told them why. Okay? The other option you have is to tolerate. So you have to accept, reject, tolerate. Tolerate. Is the one, let me, let me back up before I say that. 
Accept and reject are both very healthy. Can you hear that again? Accept and reject are very healthy. I accept this. I understand it. I, I mean, I'm, I might not understand why they do it, but I know they're going to do it, and I accept, I accept it. It's not, it's not too bad for me. Or, you know what, that's a behavior I don't accept in my life. Remember how I said earlier, to disre- is it disrespectful to you? You know, and if it's disrespectful to you and you choose not to, you have every right in the world in that relationship. And I'm, I'm talking child to parent. You know, I remember a conversation I was having with uh, uh, Pat Allen, Dr. Pat Allen. And, uh, oh, no, it wasn't a conversation. It was on a course. And this woman asked, how do I handle uh, my mother? No, 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 this one was father. How do I handle my father who's very mentally abusive? You know, and and, uh, and I remember Pat Allen saying something I'll never forget. And she said, sweetheart, that's not your father. That's a sick human being. That's not your father. Your father's gone. That is a sick human being. That's not your father. And I'll never forget that. And, and she was like, oh, no, you rejected it. That's not your father. A father doesn't do that. I remember hearing that going, oh, my God. That is so real. A father wouldn't do that. A sick person would. And she said, you have every, every right in the world to, to reject that. Now, both of those are, are healthy for us. The third one will kill us, and that's tolerate. Meaning, I'm going to stay in this relationship, whether it's family or whether it's you know, partnership. I'm going to stay in this, but you've got to change. I'm going to stay in this relationship, but you need to be honest now. And every day that you believe they should be honest is killing you. Literally, the, the mindset of tolerate, and I'm not saying kills us for dramatic reasons. I'm not. It does. Chemically, in the brain, reduces the, the quality of our immune system. We put unwanted weight on, creates cortisol, which is a stress hormone. Is wanting someone to change. And not fully giving them your heart until they do. But they got to change. So you have a couple options. Accept it. Reject it. But hopefully quit tolerating it. Okay, Jack, next one. Okay, we have several questions um, along the same line. Uh, from BG, what are the trigger points or clues that alert when it's not okay to trust? And how do you develop your intuition to discern who to put trust in? Let me think on that for a second. <clears throat> okay, so let me get the. Let me make sure, Chad, I had the question clear. So, what I'm hearing is, uh, are there some clues? Is there some triggers um, that I could work with that would help me see something that's not trustworthy? And how can I develop my intuition to to hear that? Is that something? Is that close? Yeah, you got it. Like, yeah, how do I how do I know whether or not to trust somebody? What are what are some tools yeah, yeah. to know? Yeah. Yeah, good one. Really, really great question. Um, okay, so let's first go with what I was talking about earlier. Is if you do listen to that conversation we had about, are you willing to trust? Are you willing? I mean, do you say I I, I trust you, or are you willing to say I I'm willing to take a risk with you? Because Unless you are a master, in my opinion, of intuition, which definitely I'm not, um, and, and maybe there's ways to do that, to master it. I don't know. Um, and I will cover that, that thought of how we can get close to that. Um, there's no guarantee, you know? And, well, that's just, a, that's just where I'm going to go with that. There, there is no guarantee that every person I say I'm going to trust is going to work out. And I think that's there for a reason. There are no guarantees in life. This one's going to take, I can already tell right now, this one's going to take a little bit of spiritual turn. And I think you open it up, we're just bringing up intuition. I'm going to say this, that if someone comes into your life and you have said, okay, I think it's all good, you know what? There's no indicators, there's no triggers, there's no any alarms or bells and whistles going off, then you know what, I think I'm going to go for it. And then come to find out later that, well, that was a mistake. I still believe 
that that was not a mistake. That that was a challenge for you. That there was something to learn there. Or there was pain to go through there for your better, for the betterment of you, for your spiritual journey, for your spiritual walk. Maybe it's a practice of forgiveness. You know, let me, in honor of one of my mentors who just passed, Dr. Wayne Dyer, he believed this. You know, it wasn't just a thought. He absolutely believed that the journey of our life is to develop our soul. That's why we're here. One other thing he believed, too, which is that everybody here has a message for the world. And he believed that everybody was here to develop their soul. So when you, if he was here right now, you'd hear him talk that to develop something, like a soul. You don't develop with easy streets. You don't develop by comfort. You don't develop by everything given to you. There's no development there. You know, how does a child learn to walk? A child doesn't learn to walk by giving him intelligence that causes him to walk. She's got to develop the muscle. He's got to develop the structure to be able to stand. How do you develop that? You develop it by crawling. You develop it by standing up those first few times and crawling on his little butt. That's how we develop. How do you learn how to swim? You don't learn how to swim by watching a video. You don't learn how to swim by an instructor teaching you how to swim outside the pool. The only way you learn how to swim is to get in the water and suck up pool water, get to the top, you out pool water, snot flying. I know that's so gross, but bear with me. It's how you learn how to swim. There's, it's, we don't develop by easy streets. So, Wayne Dyer says this, that we're given these challenges to develop our soul and to appreciate these challenges and to actually look forward to the challenges you're going to get in the future. So, if you have well, maybe not heard the signals or not, you know, detected them and, and you, you you entered into a relationship and it didn't work out. Instead of, oh, I'm not going to do that again because I really want this relationship to work out. And then we start closing up our heart uh, to look at what was, the, what was my journey here? What was my lesson here? What is here for me to grow? And again, is it maybe you're here to develop your soul in regards to forgiveness? Well, then maybe that's the journey for you. Okay, so there's one thing is to to look at that these aren't bad things. These aren't evil things when we get in a relationship that don't work out. And the person doesn't do what they say. They're gifts. I think they're very emotional gifts, which means the greatest gifts. Because going back to what I believe, we are so much stronger than we think we are. We can handle anything. We really, really can. We can take on so much more than we're taking on right now. You know, and it's very possible, and I'm not going to enter into a political conversation by any means, but our next president of the United States very well might be a woman who had someone cheat on her. And I don't want to just use that. Well, that's different. I don't know if it's different. I don't know. Fair is fair. Um, They made it through it. You know, um, we can make it through, but not just make it through. We can't even make it through and make it better because we developed. So instead of not wanting to have any relationship not work out and them all working out perfectly, shift the mindset. Shift. To think is to create. Basic course on the walls. Think is to create. To be able to shift your perception to one that's based a little bit more in reality than the fairy tale, that they're all, they, they just, they got to work out. I don't want to get to another relationship that, that hurts. Or do you really want to grow? If you really want to grow, you're going to be given challenges. And this is one of the big ones that human beings are given. Okay, now, let's wrap up with the final thought you had about how can I develop my intuition, which I think is a very, very worthy thing to do. I really, really do. But I, I would hate to see it used to protect myself from challenges. 
you know, so that I never, I never take a risk. I never fall flat on my face because then we're dying. Then, then we're in decay. So I, I hope it's not used to, oh, no, I saw something. I'm not going to take a risk. Oh, no, something too. I'm going to take a risk. No, lift yourself out there. Put yourself out there and live your life, and there are going to be challenges, and when you overcome those challenges, we develop. But how can you build your intuition to keep you from possibly danger, you know, or to keep yourself from something that might be really, really, really bad for you? Um, one of the simple ways to do it is just go to a library, go to a bookstore, and this is going to sound so probably vague, start working on building intuition. Start work on practicing. Intuition is a muscle. And I haven't read a bad book on intuition out there. I really have not. There's just different ways of practicing it. You know, I practice it in a very practical way. And it strengthens it for me. And uh, it's when I drive. You know, I'm very, very aware of what's around me when I drive. And I'm not even sure why I picked this up. I think I'd be a great NASCAR driver. I'm not sure. But I'm very, very aware. And even if I see, you know, in the rear view mirror, someone coming up, I'll just let myself feel. Are they going to stay in that lane? Are they going to shift lanes? Are they going to turn right? Are they going to turn left? And I just let the answer come up for me. So one of the biggest ways to do it is not direct the answer, but let the answer come to you from a much deeper place. And I can pretty much now, probably 70% of the time, nail it. You know, uh, looking ahead to what's going to happen in my future, even though it's a very, very minimal distance in my future, someone coming up to a light and, you know, they're going to turn right, they're going to straight, they're going to turn left. Uh, this person passed me, or they passed me to get in front of me on the freeway, you know, and just to feel cars around me. That's how I practice it. Um, but uh, th there's a lot of books. There's a lot of great books on just practicing intuition. And intuition is something that is part of you, something that is connected to a much deeper part of us. And, uh, and it's very, very real. Uh, you've probably heard this before, you know, if I had just trust my first my first thought, my first, you know, and, and just to practice that. There's so many ways. Um, practice re workshop, you know, and there's just endless. And I'm not here to, to teach, you know, the exercise on, on, on workshop or, or on, that's in a basic course, on tuition. Go start practicing. Go look up different ways that fit you. Okay? All right, Kat? Uh, yeah, that would definitely be another great call on workshop. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we also had a lot of questions uh, we don't have time to get to around honesty. So uh, I think that might be a good topic for a future call. Uh, that would be a whole call for sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So there was one last question I wanted to get to. We don't have time uh, for any more. So I'm going to give you the question. And then uh, if you could kind of tie a little bit of that into your wrap up here. Um, sure. This last question that I wanted to make sure that we got in is, how can we trust ourselves better if we've let ourselves down? Oh, good one. How can we trust ourselves better even when we let ourselves down? Okay. Um, how, how, how do we handle ourselves? I mean, that's such a, such a great question. Um, so if I take on a venture, if I take on a, a, a goal, if I take on a, a dream and, and, I, and I fail, you know, I don't accomplish it, um, you know, I let myself down, um, I think it's really important how we handle ourselves. Um, and I think one of the things that works when we handle ourselves is to appreciate First of all, to appreciate that I went for it. See, you're either going to appreciate or beat yourself up. And again, which one just feels better? Which one sounds better? Which one, you know, which one resonates deep inside? That, we should do a whole topic on this one too, which is, I didn't fail. I didn't fail. This was, if I open a business, or, what's okay, if I open a business and it doesn't work out, um, Bill Gates, Paul Allen, left Harvard and opened up a business. It failed. Bankruptcy, right? They, 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 they failed. And they opened up another one, and they called it Microsoft, okay? Um, Walt Disney, 
you know, I'm not sure exactly the number that's out there on on the internet. A couple of hundred times that he, he uh, was denied a loan. I mean, can you imagine going to a bank and saying, I've got a great idea and it has to do with the mouse? You know, strange. But he kept at it. And so when we let ourselves down, did we really? If you'll change your perspective that I, 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 I learned or some way it was good for me, and I may, might not see it right now, but that there was value for this, and now do it again. Or keep moving forward for sure, though. And you might have three or four more coming up for you that you needed to develop you before you get the big goal. Okay, like, for example, um, if we have a big dream, it doesn't make perfect sense when you think of this. If we have a big dream, are we able to handle that dream? Can we handle it mentally? Can we handle it emotionally? Can we, are we mature enough to handle that dream? I know it sounds great to have all this money. Or I know it sounds great to have, you know, a relationship and kids and home and all that. Are we really mature enough to handle that? Well, then I truly believe this. If we're not, but we keep an eye on the dream, we're going to be given different experiences for us to develop, for us to grow. Okay, so if we take a, a look at it that way, that no, I, I didn't let myself down. Yeah, maybe I didn't get the goal yet. I got it. But I will. And I might have to go through this process three or four more times. But I'm going to keep moving. If you keep moving, you will get the goal. You've got to believe that. And it never said you're going to get it first time. It never said anywhere that to get your goal, go for it once, it's going to happen right then. It doesn't, well, there's no easy street in this process. You know, if you, if you look at every human being who comes in the world, they come in the world with challenges. A child has many, an infant has many challenges. It's what our life is about, it's challenges versus I want it to be easy. So my recommendation is when you let yourself down, take a look at it. Did you let yourself down? No. You went for something. Now go for something else. Keep going. You've heard this big thing that comes out there. It's very cyclical. It comes out about every 15 years or something. Don't quit. You know, don't quit on yourself. That's really a lot in, in personal development. Keep going for it. That's proven. If you keep going for it, your brain will make the necessary adjustments in the development for you to have what you want. But you got to keep going for it. All right. So, one, again, in my wrap, I just want to say thank you guys for taking the time. And, and I apologize for going over, but I could talk about this stuff for a long, long time. I appreciate you, you, you bringing me into your home and, and, and doing some work tonight. So, very simply, rap is, is, is work on trusting yourself. Keep your word. Be clear in your communication as best you can. Be consistent. When you say something, can people count on it? When you say you're going to be there, can people count on it? Strengthen that. Strengthen your integrity. Strengthen your communication. Strengthen your consistency. Strengthen your stand. Do you stand for something? Will you stand and protect what you care about? That's trustworthy right there. And then the other part is, you might want to get off of, I have to trust somebody, meaning that they have to show up these ways for me. It's not very real. How about this? I am strong enough that I can take on and I can make it through anything that happens. And to live my life, my heart fully open. And know that I'm going to be given challenges and that I can make them through those challenges. And to work on, I'm going to trust. I mean, I'm going to take a risk with somebody versus they have to be perfect for me. Combine those two, it's a pretty great life. That's it, Kat. Okay. You better uh, stop me. Yes. <laughs> I know. We just have to do more calls. So thank you so much uh, for sharing with us tonight. It's always great uh, to have you on our teleseminars. So thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank you for allowing me to come into this. I love this work. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you to everyone listening in. Uh, sorry for running a little late. We hope that you got a lot of value from the call and you have some new tools to move you forward in the pursuit of your dreams and goals. You definitely don't want to miss next month's call. We've got some great topics coming up. It's scheduled for Tuesday, October 13th. You can register now at psiteleseminars.com. And remember to ask your questions when you register. Again, that's psiteleseminars.com. 
As many of you know, we do post live updates during the call on our Facebook page, and we love having your input. Go to facebook.com forward slash PSI seminars and share your thoughts about what you got out of the call and how you're going to implement these uh, tools and techniques into your life. Again, for those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI basic seminar or any of our advanced courses, you can go to psiseminars.com where you'll find information about all of our courses as well as the dates and locations for upcoming classes. That's psiseminars.com. Thank you everyone for being on the call tonight. We appreciate you taking the time out to listen in. Have a great night.